Hi, this is Stover, the barbecue hunk. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Have a hunky day. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. Boing. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet wiener. So listen, Libertius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, just like that, we are into the second hour. It is the Barbecue Central Show, and we talk about live fire stuff right here on this show. Still to come on the second hour portion, John McLemore and John McLemore II from Masterbuilt. Masterbuilt.com is their website if you want to check that out as we talk it up here this evening. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram, Twitter, Face, uh, TikTok, Snappy, Snapchat, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook, which is where you can also find a video feed. We're also over here on YouTube Live, where I'm monitoring the chat. Top people in the industry like John Solberg, Diane Mee, and Beer Champ Barbecue are all in. Why aren't you in there taking part? Oh, it's so great. So happy to have everybody. Uh, coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 120, taking you back to uh, April 6th, 2010. And during that segment, I talked to a fellow by the name of Bob Garnash, a.k.a., and this is what he calls himself, B.O.B., or how we say it in America, a Bob. Uh-oh. Does that name ring a bell? For the diehards, it does because this guy saw the benefits of rotisserie cooking, but took it a step further and created a product called what? You remember? You remember what it was called? You got it. The Ribolator. Ribolator. Simply put, instead of the traditional like spit rod with those tines, or you know, kind of limits you. It's whole birds and roast big stuff. This guy. Uses the traditional spit rod, except he made a four-trade carousel that mounts to the rod. So you stick the rod in the motor, flip the switch, and away you go. But instead of it circulating itself, you now have four trays of varying lengths and widths that you could stick, let's say, a rack of ribs. And then in the next tray... 10 chicken wings. And then in the next tray, four fillets of whatever freaking fish you like. And in the next tray, a flank steak cut to size. I mean, I don't know. And if it fits in the ribolator, you can cook it. And yes, it is still available today. If you go to ribolator.com, that's a website that comes up. You can 
watch the product explanation video where the guy says, hi, I'm B.O.B. Or as we say in America, Bob. <laughs> and he goes through the whole thing. And it, it has been revised over the years. The Ribolator used to be a sponsor of the show 100 years ago. They also used to make the, oh, what the hell? The smoke dome <laughs> or the smoke something or other. It was a uh, big box that you filled with chicken. <laughs> chicken that you filled with uh, wood chunks and chips and you put it on your grill. I forget. It was a fancy name besides the Ribolator, the smoke box. It, it was way cooler than smoke box. I tell you this. But uh, if you're interested in something like that, if you already have a, a whole rotisserie setup and you're looking for something a little different than the normal rotisserie tines, then I think a Ribolator or something, and it's really not that outlandishly expensive when I was looking at it. So again, Ribolator.com, why not? Former sponsor of the show, Backyard Barbecue Show. I like big racks. I get it. You can put big racks in the Ribolator. Many of you slammed me with the Smithfield plant shutdown happenings in South Dakota over the last couple days. I did reach out to Lower Paul, who's my contact from Smithfield here on this show, and asked if there was anything else she wanted me to add on top of the release that Smithfield sent out yesterday. And she said that since it was a corporate release, that is the corporate position, and it is final. So if you didn't hear about it, just search Smithfield closes Sioux Falls, South Dakota plant, and you will get all of the information that you need. But basically, you know, I had a, an incredible amount of coronavirus infections, and you know, from one day to the next, it was an incredible increase. So I don't know if there wasn't proper social distance. I mean, some of you don't think that even social distance has anything to do with it. Whatever you believe. Uh, Smithfield has shut it down. Some people are seeing this as a way to Smithfield to jack up pork prices because shutting down the plant is basically, in effect, taking out uh, 18 million meals per day uh, is coming out of uh, what that plant produces. So it's definitely going to be a hiccup in the food chain. However, I would also contend to you uh, that there's other pork producers out there. So while Smithfield's uh, removal from the food chain is certainly huge and will be affected. There's other pork to buy, of course. So, And then there's this. Let me ask you something. What will your coronavirus memory be years from now? Will it be that term social distancing that we hear so much? Will it be the remembrance of how crippled business and the economy became during that time? The record-breaking amount of unemployment that continues to grow? I don't know what yours is going to be. Mine is going to be how we as a fervent society brought to the forefront an industry that I had no idea existed. That being the industry of big cats. And I'm not talking about big cats like you have a big ass house cat. I'm talking about tigers and mountain lions and puma and lynxes. And big freaking wild cats. I'll remember that within a two-week, three-week time frame, everybody in America who had a Netflix account watched this documentary exposing what is the seedy underbelly of the keeping of big cats across the land. 
especially the one dude with the worst dyed blonde mullet I have ever seen in my life, ever. His name, Joe Exotic, and trust me, Joe Exotic ain't a looker, and he ain't rich, and he ain't swole. But I'll be damned if that guy couldn't snag a man-wife with the precision of a military sniper. Hell, he was so good at it. At one point, he had two man-wives at the same time. And then there was the kook over in South Carolina who bills himself as a doctor, but we all know that he's no damn doctor. He's as much of a doctor as Dr. Dre. In fact, push comes to shove, I'd rather have the Beats doc carve me open to save my life than Doc Antle. But here's the best thing. Do you know what the running commonality between, I mean, could you imagine that there is a running, the running commonality between Doc Antle and Joe Exotic, which happens to be their unique ability to pull multiple sex partners and make them their wives and or husbands. If I didn't know any better, I would have thought that America turned into the state of Utah overnight. And who knew this industry had so many opportunities to pull from? Doc Annell has like five wives. Five wives. The dude in Sister Wives is jealous of how many wives Doc Antle has. And rarely do you hear the terms brainwash or cult thrown around willy-nilly. But in this documentary... It's as common as the word tiger and king. Doc Annell and Joe Exotic are either the biggest studs around or they need to be arrested like yesterday. And I'm not saying that there's sex trafficking involved, but the tigers are laughing at the amount of human beings being run through these places. And don't even get me started on that bitch Carol Haskins. I'm not even touching that. So if you haven't wasted those seven magical hours of your life yet, don't be Mr. or Mrs. Macho and say you're not going to watch it. Fuck that. Fire up the Netflix. Get on board this crazy train. It's not like you have anything better to do anyway. Stay socially distant and do this. Try not to fall in love with Joe Exotic, especially if you're a heterosexual male. It's almost impossible not to have. It almost happened to me when I was watching. Also. For the ladies, try not to fall in love with Doc Annell, regardless of your sexual orientation. He'll get you. His personality is magnetic. Who knew tiger cubs could be such a lure for men and women alike? Now I know. Years, perhaps decades too late, but now I know. Get on board with Tiger King, folks, because this is something... That you will be mind blown about. You thought Competition Barbecue had a seedy underbelly. No, sir. The keeper of big cats is the seediest of underbellies there is today. Within a three-week time frame, that thing was introduced into Netflix and is like the biggest thing ever. Tiger King. You know how many times I've had any interest in owning a tiger in my life? Uh-oh. Zero times. Do you know why they're tigers? You turn your back on a tiger, it's going to eat your head off. That's what's going to happen. You have cages where you can keep tigers? What's wrong with you people? All right, we have the guys from Masterbuilt coming up. Maybe they have tigers. We'll, we'll ask them. 
I'll talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue, established in 1882. Southside, one of the oldest barbecue joints in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, of course. It's coarse ground and a natural pork casing. And they have authentic Central Texas barbecue as well. All meats, including the prime brisket, are slow-smoked for many hours over real Texas post-oak wood. They're shipping nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. Shipping customers can choose to order now, ship later, include a custom gift note, and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer upon arrival. The meats are processed on that on-site USD-inspected facility. They have two restaurants if you want to eat. Elgin, Texas since 1882 and Bastrop, Texas since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. But if you're going to be at SouthsideMarket.com, do this at checkout. Use promo code BBQCENTRAL. That's B-B-Q-C-E-N-T-R-A-L. And get 10% off your entire order at SouthsideMarket.com. Once again, that's promo code BBQCENTRAL. Works the first time, works the 10th time, works the 110th time every single time. SouthsideMarket.com. And we are back with the guys at Masterbuilt, the Masters of Smoke. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hit the wrong button. Here we go. visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence, only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. That's right, we are back, and this portion of the show is being brought to you by Smithfield. That's right. Throughout the grilling season... Enjoy recipes as long as you can get your hands on Smithfield Pork by pit legends like Chris Lilly and Darren Worth and Ernest Cervantes, Childs Cridland, mouthwatering flavor, no artificial ingredients, Smithfield fresh pork, quite simply some of the finest pork money can buy and trusted by world championship pit masters for use at competitions and at home. Sure, why not? Smithfield.com. All right. My guests in the second hour are running one of the biggest names in the industry. You know them for their propane and electric cookers. Some might know them for their pellet cookers. And many of you quickly learning about their new gravity-fed cooker that was just recently introduced to the market. Here to talk about the history of the company and how it's evolved over the years. So let's hit the hotline and welcome first-timers to the show. John McLemore and John McLemore. How about that? Hey, guys. How are you? (laughs) Good. What's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, We're absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you guys making time for the show here this evening and excited to uh, talk to both of you here. So um, let's, uh, before we get into the backstory of the company, uh, we obviously are in unprecedented times here, not only in this country, but the world as well. So from a business standpoint and, and how we're operating right now, how is Masterbuilt doing from a business perspective, given the circumstances? I'll let you take that one. Yeah. Uh, well, Greg, first of all, thanks for having us on the show. Um, hopefully we'll be second timers. Uh, you know, from a business standpoint, uh, we count our blessings, man. I'll be honest with you. I've uh, been in this for 47 years, uh, seen just about everything that can 
come towards a company. Uh, never seen anything quite like this. So overall, man, we're, we're doing really well. Um, our um, company has abided by all of the rules to do what we need to do to keep our employees safe. Um, everybody that we do business with safe. So I would say we are doing as good as we can do. Business is hanging in there. So, um, you know, don't want to go through this again. We, we can <laughs> certainly check the box in our almost five decades uh, from everything that can be everything. We can now add pandemic to the, the checklist. And I'll tell you, it's been one of the more difficult things because, you know, when you, when you abide by social distancing and do what you need to do to keep our country and, and people safe, it changes your company and the people that you have as your second family. Uh, not seeing those, you said a while ago, the things that you're going to remember most, that's going to be one of the things that we will remember most in Masterbuilt is um, we're very close-knit family the Macklemore's are and Masterbuilt is our second family so not seeing everybody every day has been a challenge but we're, we're doing good you guys aren't keeper of big cats are you we are well, not I'm a dog guy I'm a dog guy <laughs> I'm a dog guy I'm not a cat guy Here. all right uh Oh, don't ah, do that. Georgia Bulldogs. I got it. Like it. Yes, sir. All right. So, unfortunately, um, unfortunately yeah. let's uh, get some personal background on you guys. Uh, and, uh, John, too, you okay. can start here. Uh, where do you live? And uh, do you guys, uh, obviously, John Sr., you have a family because you got your son sitting right next to you. Uh, and uh, where's the company based out of? <laughs> yeah. So, Masterbuilt was uh, founded in 1973 by my grandfather. Uh, founded here in Columbus, Georgia, and started actually doing, he built a fern stand for my grandmother, and it just kind of evolved selling product off of his uh, trailer as a salesman for Goodyear Tire Rubber Company, <laughs> and uh, stopped doing that with four sons, and started the business, started, you know, hand-making products, and um, in the 1980s, went into the Baker's Racks and got into fryers. And then in the early 2000s, we did the indoor electric turkey fryers, the world's first, and sold those on channels like QVC and many others and was wildly successful. And that's really where we saw our biggest growth. Yeah. Um, and then in the mid-2000s, we uh, got into the electric vertical smoker space. And that's probably where we put our name in the hat in terms of the industry. And just very blessed to, uh, to, you know, have sold great products to great customers and very loyal fan base out there, very active in the communities. And we proud, of, I, this is kind of your saying, we pride ourselves um, on research and development, not research and duplicate. Um, and, and, and to be quite frank, that's kind of why we chose to focus um, on the charcoal product that you see behind us. Um, you know, we make, lots of different you know styles of cooking products um but we wanted to go after something a little different mm -hmm. and feel we, we really feel like we have hit the jackpot in terms of the product behind us but on the family side um i'm third generation uh macklemore family in masterbuilt um so blessed to be a part of it working with my dad um and you can speak to working with pawpaw but yeah. uh you know, just a great family business and a great environment. Let me so, let me ask you. Let me uh, let me interrupt you uh, just for a second here because it is interesting. I mean, rarely do I have an opportunity to talk to you know two generations of what is a third generation company. So, John, 
as uh, your father starts the company, as you said, it started as as a uh, a fern holder, like literally a like a fern plant holder, yeah. and uh, he yeah, was right. making those. And uh, from what I understand, doing some research, you. Uh, fill up a, a cart or a wagon full of fern stands and start peddling them, or attempted to peddle them around the neighborhood. Uh, maybe didn't find as much luck as uh, you were hoping for. Your dad didn't seem to know that, but that's all right. Uh, whatever he doesn't know, no problem. Uh, but it eventually evolves into, of all things, first a uh, a fryer business, not necessarily grills right off the bat. Correct. 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 Well, what's interesting about most of the products that we've developed in our history. And in Mastro's past is we did the products for our own personal use, Greg. My my dad made the plant stand for my mom, and we built the first fish cooker because we did fish fries in our backyard. And uh, my dad made one, and from there, we went from fish cookers to turkey fryers, propane turkey fryers. And again, building products that we love to use and it, it really just evolved from there. Most of what we did, we actually used ourselves. And what we've learned over the years is the products that we still use today have been our most successful products. Um, we still build fish cookers. We still, still build turkey fryers, the vertical smoker space that we're in, not just the electrics, but the propanes. Uh, it was one of the things that allowed us to get in the backyard, enjoy doing what we're doing, and uh, couldn't have a better growing up with my dad doing that literally from our backyard uh, to growing to now being a worldwide company. It's been a pretty cool journey. Yeah, and you, you talk about uh, his wagon story. My wagon story was at 17. I graduated early at 17 out of high school, and he, t- he told me I had to go to Birmingham, Alabama, and I couldn't come back unless I hit my sales goal, and I didn't hit my sales goal. So he's still in Birmingham. I'm still in Birmingham. But, Green screen. Um, I didn't hit my sell, I didn't yeah. hit my sales goal, and I was too young to get a hotel. And uh, so after eight hotels, I finally got one, and I was almost outside of Birmingham by that point. But yeah, um, yeah so it's been a, a long journey, yeah. but uh, we've had a great time. John, when you were coming up, did you feel a pressure that you had to follow in your father's footsteps in order to keep this thing going, or were you pretty passionate about it right off the bat? You know, the answer... Which, which John? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Uh, John Sr.? <laughs> oh, okay. See, uh, okay. I have a well, follow-up question for John, too, on that regard, too. So, Okay. There you go. All right. All right. It, I started in Masterbuilt when I was eight years old, and... Um, I didn't. It, yeah. Child so, labor laws were <laughs> involved. <laughs> it was a better time I, back then. I, I, I never remember not enjoying hanging out with my dad, whether it was in the backyard or when we got into our first rented buildings and and building the products with him. So I think I always had a passion for the company, but it just kind of happened. I don't know that when I was eight and 12 and, you know, even, you know, getting um, into high school that I had this particular thing in mind with it. I just enjoyed it so much that uh, I had the passion for it, uh, loved the fact that I was able to carry on what my dad had started, and um, I was working for free, basically. Uh, No, I take that back. I made a dollar a week, Greg, 
when I was <laughs> from eight to 14. And um, I had to have a passion for it because I certainly wasn't doing it for the money. <laughs> yeah, right. And I remember the first time I asked my dad for a raise, um, he told me to turn around <laughs> and bend over. He was going to give me a raise. <laughs> um, he was, uh, you know, we were seriously, we were in a rented uh, 1200 square foot house. There were seven of us. And my dad was, you know, trying to make a, a go with this new business. Um, and it's an interesting story about how we, you know, got the name Master Built. Uh, we're a Christian based company. Um, we don't shy away from that at all. Um, actually, my dad said a prayer when he was naming the company Greg. He said, Hey, you know, God, if you will help me with this, you're the master, I'm the builder. I'll name the company after you, which is where the name Master Built came from. Um, so, to answer your question, I think I always had a passion for it, and it just kind of evolved from one thing to the other. Um, right out of high school, I was 18 years old. I became a, an owner in the company. Um, just after 20 years old, I became the president of a company. Uh, I had never gone to college. I was not qualified to be the president of a company, and it wasn't because I was the best one for the job. I was just the only one at the time that would take it. <laughs> um, and I think it was passion that, that drove us. We did things that we really didn't have a lot of an idea that we could accomplish until we actually did it. Um, we didn't strategize about a whole lot of things. We just actually did them and figured it out as we went. And I do think passion drove that. Uh, now, maybe you're being a little bit modest here, John, because you did have uh, quite a quite a bit more substantial vision for Masterbuilt than your dad probably did. You, he was taking it to a certain distance, kind of you know out of the back of the van, out of the back of the car. But as you start to assume yeah. responsibility, of this company, you realize that you want to make partnerships, you want to get into bigger yeah. retail box stores to really expand the brand. That's kind of your 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 hallmark of bringing Masterbuilt to that next level. Right. Well, and I, yeah. I can say, I, I remember talking to Papa not just not too long ago about how he had was giving kudos to dad because he was like, oh man, I, you know, I, I, I wanted to make a living and retire. And these guys, you know, the, my sons had bigger, bigger vision, um, and, you know, specifically dad to take on, you know, a, a larger role yeah. and, yeah, and really think, take it further than he said. He was like, I, I'm, I wasn't capable to do what you guys did. I think, I think that really started probably when I did get into high school because from age eight to 14, it was kind of just, you know, something I was doing as a kid. But as I got a little bit older and realized, Hey, I'm, I'm going to become an owner of this thing. We had conversations about that in an early age. I did think that as we were going to expand, my dad, as John was saying, wanted to have a smaller company, something that he wanted to do just for himself. And I did have a broader vision of that to expand outside of just, you know, the the local area around Columbus, Georgia, to growing it to be a national company. And um, I think I did have a vision of what that could look like and expanding it for our larger family. Uh, so I, I do think um, that did evolve over time. And I did have this idea that I wanted to figure out ways to um, duplicate what we were doing. When you're a small family business, um, I firmly believe that the most successful companies are companies that have great people around them. 
and we were very fortunate to have great people to help us grow the company. Um, you know, we were, instead of peddling products off the back of our pickup trucks, we learned how to ship products, you know, with UPS and FedEx and freight liners. Uh, and we went from fern stands to fish cookers to baggers racks to smokers to now this Gravity Series grill that has revolutionized, you know, what we think in charcoal grilling. Um, certainly got the attention of a lot of competitors out there and the people that are using the product. So certainly excited about that. And I will tell you, the team, I think most of them are probably listening to this podcast right now, um, helped us develop this thing uh, to take it where it is right now. All right, John, let me ask you, John, too, let me ask you this question. Third generation, is there not one portion of you that says, man, I got to blaze my own trail. I got to get out from the thumb of Master Built and do my own thing. My dad followed my grandfather. Uh, I want to be my own guy. Ever had that feeling at all? Well, that's not no. That's not no. No, no. To be be quite I get honestly, I get asked that quite a bit. To be quite honest, the answer has been no. Um, I mean, sure, there's times. I mean, you're a human being. There's times where you're like, you know, I, I'd like, I'd like to put my own stamp on something. I'd like to put, um, you know, my own, have my own road to take. And to be honest, this is kind of this brand right here is is part of that. Um, and you know, this is something that Dad and I are doing as it's our ambassador program for Masterbuilt, but. It's our own brand that we're launching our own channel uh, through and doing our own cooking thing. But um, in in certain ways, sure. But to be honest, no, um, because I love what I do. Uh, it's ne- you. The question you asked earlier, um, it was kind of two parts to that. And my answers was there was yes to to both of them because um, is there pressure to live up to you know what your dad has set before you? Of course, but the passion, I was very fortunate, Greg, to, um, I think, be good enough at what I do, but um, but to love what I do. And I think when you love something enough, it becomes your hobby and you, you don't work a day in your life because you love it so much. Um, and, and to be honest, there's such a level of pride on my end. Um, the statistics are against third generation yes, families. I want to say it's like sub yeah. 1% of third generations that make it to the third generation um, and then stay intact um, and not go bankrupt and not family kill each other and right. not, <laughs> but we're fortunate to have, uh, we're best friends. Um, and we get at each other like we do, like we are friends, but yet I understand my role is he's still my authority. Um, he's my spiritual authority in a lot of ways, but he's also my authority in terms of work. Um, he still has, I'll aid you uh, twice as much experience as I do. <laughs> almost, that was nice. Almost exact. That was nice. And yeah, John, almost exact. Yeah. John's twelve, and I'm twenty-four. Got it. Got it. Um, but no, man. I to some degree, sure. Yeah. I mean, I as a as a when you when you be kind of get into your own manhood, right? Of course, there's there's an element to you that's like, I want. What is my thing? Where, where do people know me as? Um, and to be honest, I think a lot of guys get ahead of themselves, um, especially with social media nowadays. I think people get ahead of themselves and they start looking at the success of one individual, one other individual, and they don't look at the body of work uh, that you've put before yourself. And and I think that will come when it's meant to come. And I think I'm enjoying the ride right now and I love what I do. I love cooking. I mean, this quarantine thing is, you know, to be honest, it's, it's, it sucks. 
Um, but we have spent literally every day cooking. It wow. has almost forced us hmm. to cook, learn, and part of our whole brand is to teach, eat, and repeat. Um, and that's us teaching people and us learning because people are teaching us eating. Um, if you saw my whole body, you would know that I love to eat. Um, and well, and Marble, to are repeat you saying? it. <laughs> you saw some um, of our team members, I, you would know we I, love to I, eat. I like, I'd like to think that I used to be in shape and now I am one. Yeah. But, um, you know, and then we repeat it. And to be honest, we've been fortunate. And you kind of look at the, the bright side of, of bad situations. We've been fortunate yeah. to repeat it, um, you know, over the past four to five weeks now. And uh, it's got us, you know, spending good family time together and yeah. cooking. So, All right, uh, John and John 2 McLemore are joining me here on the show. Guys, can I hold you over and we can talk a little bit more in depth about the Gravity Fed here in a second? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. All right, so stand by. We're talking with... John McLemore and John McLemore. A lot of production stuff going on with me with this new program. Sorry for the delays. Uh, I will talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. That's right, longtime sponsor of the show. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market. So two different choices, right? You have a choice line, which is the original. You also have a prime line, which is their most recent release. Prime, a little bit more robust than the chassis build. Peak in windows in the main cooking chamber, a pellet hopper. Two internal meat probes, Wi-Fi technology. If you don't want any of the tech, you want to save a couple bucks, choice line is where you want. I have a couple choice lines on my deck right now. Those are the ones that originally came out. They work just fine. Some going on eight, nine years old at this point. Uh, either line, Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone sizes will also accommodate that pizza oven insert that they have, which I love. You want to have big pizza parties. Everybody gets to make their own high heat pie. The pizza oven insert is something you definitely want to consider when you're getting a Jim Bowie or Daniel Boone. If you want something a little bit more travel friendly, the Davy Crockett is the one you're going to want to take a look at. Uh, I don't know if we'll have football season coming up here at any point, but if you're going to, you know, take a walk in the backyard and you want something that you can take with you, it's a little lighter. Davy Crockett's the one you're going to want to check out. That's also the one that borne out the 12-volt technology, which is what the Prime Line is powered by as well. Great bunch of accessories and pellets and sauces, all that good stuff. Go to GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. And we are back with the Masters of Smoke, John and John McLemore. Stick around. We'll be right back. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes. There might be a third size coming. Whether you're a beginner or professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them Barbecue Central Show sent you. We might get a look at that lifestyle room as an exclusive here in the next couple weeks. Trying to line that up with Noah and Amber Glanville as we speak. All right. And we are rejoined by the Masters of Smoke. That being... Sorry, guys. I'm trying to 
find the audio button here. There we go. Get your sound back on. Uh, John and John, too. I mean, a lot of things going on here behind the set. I should take a picture so you can understand the mania that I am dealing with here. Uh, but I uh, appreciate you hanging with me through the break. So let's talk about the Gravity Series uh, 650 cooker. Uh, 560 cooker, 650. right? 650. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, we, we have a new one. Guess what, guys? You're coming out with a new cooker. I'm announcing it right here on the show tonight. Congratulations. Let's talk about a cooker you don't know anything about. Um, so it's the, uh, the 560. And um, I, I want to talk about, you know, when you when you have thought about master built in the past you think about those electric cookers and those propane those cabinet style cookers and then you depart and go gravity series 560 so for those who are in the subculture we obviously are pretty familiar with gravity fed cookers and how they operate but this unit bridges a gap nicely between low and slow and high heat and by the way no pellets so whose idea was this let's be honest Woo! Um, all right, so we've got a an engineering team at Masterbuilt. Um, these guys are probably listen, listening. So, uh, Olin, I'll give a shout-out to you. Um, Adam, Bo, um, our team back in uh, here in Columbus, along with John and I, these guys came up with this, this concept basically at some competition cooks that they wanted to go to. And um, at the time, this was about four years ago, um, we basically said, look guys, we are in the mass and we have a channel of distribution that we are um, selling our products to. We're not into the you know, five to $10,000 trailer grill business. Um, the team said, look, uh, we understand what we need to do. And I said, guys, I'll give you the the opportunity for the research and the development and the time and the money, as long as you will commit <clears throat> to give us one that could be in everybody's backyard in America um, and now even overseas. So this product was developed with that in mind. And you're right, the gravity systems that are out there have been out there for a little while, but nobody ever put one on the market that could be in the mass and the independent channels like we've done with the Gravity 560, master build, or, or <clears throat> uh, hit a high temperature, at, or hit the you know from at a grilling at a grilling level. Yeah. So basically, the the process of us and, and we didn't abandon any of our other products. We still do a tremendous business. We're still number one in the world in vertical electric smokers. We have an amazing propane smoker. So we're still doing a lot of those and there's a place for those. I still cook on them here at, at my house. But this particular product uh, did several things. One, it, it gave people the flavor of charcoal that they wanted. It gave them the ability to slow smoke, grill, and sear from 150 to 275 in, in smoking, 275 to 400 in grilling, and then crank this baby up with uh, the push of a button and go from those slow you know, smoking temperatures and grilling temperatures all the way to 700 degrees and cook anything that you would want to Truly with sear too. the flavor of charcoal. Mm. Yeah, and, and Greg, to me, this is always my spill. It's, it's the power of gas. Mm -hmm. It's the convenience of electric and or what people are experiencing with, with pellet but it's the flavor of charcoal. Yeah. And you get all of that in one, and it's zero to 225 in seven minutes, or it's zero to 713 from a fresh light. Yeah. So it, it does any and everything that you can imagine you'd want it to do. 
um, in between. So, John, too, let me ask you. So, I really. Yeah. Hmm? Go ahead, John. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, I was going to say, as I said earlier, in the success that we've had at Masterbuilt, this was a, a team effort within Masterbuilt. So, I give kudos to our, our engineering and the, the design team for helping us to do this. Uh, we also listened to the consumers that were out there as to what they wanted with a product. We worked with uh, our retailers as well in the process of getting this out there at the right price point and, and basically being able to get it to everybody in the masses. Um, so uh, this product, I think you're going to see a lot more to come with it. Um, so, yeah, I just want to get make sure that our team knows that couldn't have done it without you guys. When you're bringing a new product to market, and I'll use uh, Weber as an example, they just enter into the pellet cooker market after never have uh, have been in that particular niche before. So as you guys make a, a bit of a departure from what you're traditionally doing, uh, as you had mentioned, it's been in a, in, a, in a phase for four years or so. Do you do an extensive amount of a, a testing phase? before you even talk about bringing it into some type of a mass production? And then I guess a, perhaps a better question yeah. is, mm-hmm. as a manufacturer, can you ever bring something to market, no matter the amount of testing prior, to where it's flawless from the outset? Is there always going to be something that comes up and no. bites you on the ankle? <laughs> I don't know. Ask, I, ask Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't... Th- there's especially in the mass world i guess my answer would be i don't know if you can ever there i don't know if there's ever a you can endless you know there's no budget to it you can throw a bunch yeah. of money at it and make a thousand of them and all thousand be perfect yeah i think you, know you I, mean? I think you could launch one way too early sure but you could also always spend a little bit more time doing it and we tried to master that i mean we it took us um three years to get the first one to where we could actually start showing it. We were testing it a ton. We cooked on the products within our team thousands of time. Um, and we're still listening to our customers out there. So I think no matter to John's point, what you put into the product, uh, especially when we're trying to hit a price point as we did with this product at 499, I think we mastered it. I hope the people that are out there are super patient with us. It's a phenomenal product. Um, we're going to you know, continue to improve it by listening to our consumers out there, and we try to do that to the best of our ability. Um, so I think we spent enough time to get this product launched properly, yeah. and we will continue um, as the next phases come out with it and you know, continuing to work on this one behind us. And, um, and to be, to be we'll quite, doing that. quite frank, Greg, with you, I can think of uh, – What's what's today's date? Fourteenth, April fourteenth. April fourteenth. So I can think of a year ago, looking at a, a you know a pre-sample of this grill, um, which was nearly eight or nine months before it you know officially hit the market, um, cooking on it, and the journey it's taken from that point to when it launched, and then the journey that the product has even taken since we launched it, I I can remember. I had specific conversations. Yeah, so I, I was just I, I'll kind of summarize. I, I was basically explaining just the process that that the, the product has taken since our early on samples. Um, we've actually got one at our shop that we've tested. I don't know how many thousands upon thousands of times. Mm-hmm. That is one of the pre samples that we've had that's been in the shop for well over a year. Um, and it's still kicking good. And then when we launched it, 
um, on November 15th, I was talking to customers the day we launched it, the day they got it in their hands. Um, we troubleshot several you know, firmware issues that we had, little glitches, um, and immediately the week of did OTA updates on the product and um, you know, address those concerns. Um, is any product perfect? No. Um, you got to have, it's somewhat relative as, you know, to the price point sometimes, but can products be better? Absolutely. Um, and in our MO on the Masterbuilt side is we are very active in the community. We're very uh, ears wide open to, you know, what are the, the, the things that we can improve on and, and um, you know, addressing them specifically with our team, which is why my dad and I have chosen to put ourselves out there. Um, not just because we're, you know, family, you know, company, but we love it. We want the product to be good um, and as best as as good as it can be. Um, and we've got a a great responsive team that really uh, engages in a positive way and wants the product to be as good as we we care. Um, and a lot of the guys that that work for us are hobbyist cookers themselves. Um, you know, so we we pride ourselves on that, and and we love doing it. And what Dad said earlier is we make products. That's why Masterbuilt has been so successful for so long, is because we we make products that we personally use and betters our lives. Um, so we try to focus on problem solution. We felt like in the grilling, smoking, charcoal world, there was you know a gap and a problem solution that we could uh, you know come out with a product with and what you see behind us in this Gravity 560 and the Gravity series and you'll see more of it coming forward is uh, I think a problem solution in that area and I think it really uh, masters, pun intended, masters all areas of outdoor cooking and barbecuing, grilling, searing, baking, reverse searing, smoking, low smoking, cold, I mean you name it, it yeah. does all of that. Yeah, and I mean, people invest money and time, and we want them to have a success just like we do have, you know, here when we're doing it. Um, th this product, uh, we've always cooked with our family, but just this week, and we, we just did a live Instagram for uh, Easter, and our whole family cooked on this product. Uh, my wife did the vegetables, daughter, uh, Brooke did the baked beans. Bailey did a dessert. John and I did the meats. Um, By the way, Bailey, we just did a video with my sister on our Masters of Smoke channel that'll be coming out next week um, or probably later this week. That is a dessert baked. It's a baked monkey, monkey bread, bread from a canned, uh, what do you call it? A, ba a biscuit a can? Cinnamon yeah. Roll. A cinnamon, cinnamon roll can. <laughs> and it is it's out, of, out of this world. And we, <laughs> the, the brilliance of it, is we baked it on the Gravity 560. Yeah. Um, so it's a phenomenal product that's super versatile. And I think it takes charcoal. And this is this is the key that I think people that will, when it clicks, I'm telling you, Greg, when it clicks, when people start to understand, oh my gosh, you're telling me that, because they assume it's, it's they, they see the hopper on the, the right side and they assume it's a pellet concept. Huh. And when they realize you're telling me that a charcoal grill, it separates the fuel, so it takes the fuel management uh, complexity out of a charcoal grill. It makes it easy. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me I can have a charcoal grill to 700 degrees in 13 minutes and do everything in between. It's like they, they, it's almost like they can't understand there's no moving components. There's, there's, they assume there's all this complexity to it, and it's not. Um, we've taken all that complexity out, and 
I'm telling you, mark my words, this is going to make charcoal a weekday fuel source. Yeah. Charcoal pr predominantly is a weekend fuel source because it just takes longer to do, unless you're an enthusiast. Um, and it take we're, we're taking charcoal and we're going to put it in the backyards of the everyday American. That's I think that's what, that where this product's heading because it is that good of a product. Yeah. John, let me ask you a question, uh, John, one. Um, $500 price point, you look at the tech that it has on there. We can talk about that here in a second. Uh, I'm assuming that this isn't, uh, you know, like a USA made. By the way, uh, uh, we could have that conversation all day long, and, and I would probably go on yeah. a side that you probably wouldn't even expect that I would go on because I think a lot of people love to talk shit about how much money that they're going to spend and it would only buy American until they see how much an all-American-made product is going to cost, and then they're happy to buy everything else but that, but they have no problem talking about how they would do it. So uh, yeah. do you have a great working relationship with uh, – let me ask a better question. Are you getting in parts and assembling here, or is it all manufactured and it's shipping in, and then you redistribute? How does that process work? Yeah, it's completely made overseas, and um, yes – if anybody ever asks, would we rather make the product here? I mean, that's sure. a we certainly of would. Of course we would. Um, we're always exploring opportunities to do that. Um, and the day may come that we do. But for right now, with Masterbuilt and most of the competitors that we've got out there are building the products overseas. Um, we do have great relationships um, with our factories. And what we're doing here is all of the sales and the marketing and the engineering. Um, we have a ton of jobs right here in the U.S. that are supporting this product. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, when we get asked that question, it's always an easy yes, we'd like to. Um, but, yes, it is made overseas. Could you be looking at a $18, $2,000 grill behind you if that was the case, right? Um, I would say it could be, it depends on a lot of factors yeah. if you brought parts from other parts of the country and then assembled it here or manufactured 100% of it here, um, you could be looking at a product that could be two to three times more expensive. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the um, other aspect that we were kind of talking about offline was tech. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, there were a lot of grill manufacturers. That's all they did. They built grills. They were kind of a hardware company. And then with the introduction of pellet cookers that had this Wi-Fi technology, well, all of a sudden people wanted to have something that went with their smartphone. So now this is forcing grill companies to be something that they're not used to being, which is now uh, probably a whole side of the company, which is now a software company, which brings a whole set of everyday hurdles, user errors, product support, blah, 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 that you don't have to worry about when you're just dealing with the physical grill itself. So how did you... Uh, employ or uh, deploy your efforts to make sure that the tech side is matching up with the hardware side? Um, well, I'll, I'll take that one, I guess, because that, that was probably, what are you, what are you to say? well, no, that was, that was, <laughs> that was uh, about four years of my life at the company was working on the tech side um, and the service side. And I'll name Scott, you know, who I'm talking about, uh, a guy that I worked really closely with on the firmware side, and Adam uh, working really closely on the firmware side for a long time to take us from, you know, a simple push button, similar to your oven set temp system, to a Bluetooth environment, um, to controlled cooking, 
and then we got away from it because a lot of our consumers and, and users that we found, they don't want the product to do it for them. Um, they want you to guide them to a degree, but they still want some input. They want to feel like that that's their masterpiece. Um, and and then to a, new, a Wi-Fi and Bluetooth system, um, we felt, uh, even on the $500 price point, we've seen products that are 100% Wi-Fi and you don't have a controller interface. We've seen products that you know, or the, the complete opposite and everything in between, we felt like we wanted to give our consumer uh, the complete choice because our demographic is quite rent, uh, quite wide. Yeah. Um, but we do want to appeal to the younger generation. And then, you know, technology learns. Uh, generations learn technology as it, as it evolves. Uh, social media has, you know, widened in demographic um, every year over each year. So, I mean, I think that part you have to do it now. And in terms of how do we employ and, and deploy on the software side, I think it's a growth. Um, at one time, Greg, to be quite frank, we tried doing it 100% in house, and it's difficult. Mm. Um, we're 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 barbecue guys. We're not software engineers. Um, and can you hire software engineers? Absolutely. Is it the smartest thing? No. Um, I I probably believe in the philosophy of kind of a half half approach. I think you got to have some talent in in-house and I think you got to have some talent out out of your company and and source to some point because you've got to have that perspective um, and there's a there's a trade-off at some point financially um, I think the big thing right now is you see a lot of companies they're getting away from Android um, a lot of companies are not supporting Android apps anymore um, because it's just impossible to have a stable Android platform across all devices, um, and I, I've not seen anybody in the cooking cooking space or cooking industry do that yet. But you do see companies in the uh, service uh, side of things almost getting away from Android. Um, you know, so how do we deploy it? Uh, it's to be honest, it's just it's a learning curve. It has been over the past couple of years. I think we've really stabilized in the past two, especially. Now, having developed this, we've got some great relationships with some companies out of California and all over the country that help us do, uh, you know, over-the-air update firmware, firmware development, um, software development, app development, web development, um, you know, internal embedded systems, et cetera, everything you, you know in between. Um, you know, and then we've got some talented people in-house that help us do it as well. So I think you've got to have both. But in terms of are we a software company, no. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that we are. I think we're 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 really good at making barbecue grills and smokers, vertical electric smokers and fryers, and we find the right talent. Um, you know, in the right, you got to have the right person in the right seat. So, uh, Johns, let me ask you the final question here before I let you go, and I appreciate the time. Is there a bigger model on the horizon? I mean, I know we're just rolling out the first one, but we always have to talk about the next bigger and better one. Is there something like that that we could look forward to? Uh, I would say yes. Um, <laughs> you you would say yes, but are you going to say yes? I it? think that's. <laughs> I, I would say the answer is yes. If you look at social media, I'll just I'll I'll get I'll rip the bandit off. Yeah, the answer is yes, <laughs> and uh, I will tell you that it, it is out a little. Um, there's going to be a much bigger presence with that over the next thirty to forty-five days. Mm. Um, we're super excited about it. So yeah, anytime you have something like this um, yeah. in the 560 that everybody's kind of grabbed a hold of, they're wanting something more. 
Um, we have been developing and working on that for quite a while. Yeah. So we are. And we, we've got we've got several independent channels that are our launch partners that we're allowing them to launch it first. Um, we chose to go organic in terms of allowing the you know organic message to spread through those channels first, and then you'll see the brand side, Masterbuilt brand side, uh, launching it later with the mass channels in the next you know forty five to sixty days. Yeah. All right. Well, if you are in the market for a charcoal gravity-fed cooker that can do low and slow and high heat all the way up to 700 degrees, have the app connectivity, all that good stuff, the Masterbuild 560 is the one you're going to want to be looking at. Is that available widely? Are you exclusive to stores, or where can people grab it? Yeah, it it is available pretty wide. Um, Home Depot, Walmart, Amazon, Academy. Most most of the sporting goods stores, Academy, Masterbuild.com. So yeah, it's it's a broad uh, uh, distribution that we've got with the 560, and the bigger model um, coming out will be available in those channels soon to come, um, and uh, there's actually going to be more after that. So we're pretty excited, and it's been uh, just like everything else we've done, Greg. Um, part of the journey. We love learning from it. And what I, I love about what I do and gets me up every single day is being able to have a relationship with the people that love our products. We're listening. Mm-hmm. So if you've got something out there, John and I and our company at Masterbuilt will do the best we can to hear your voice. Yep. And, and tune in with us. Masters of Smoke launching a lot of content here soon. And Greg, we appreciate you having us on. All right, it's John McLemore and John McLemore, or John and John 2. Great look back, guys. Certainly appreciate that and all the info on the 560 as well. Continued success. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks. Have a good one. All right, there they are. All right. Well, thank God that worked uh, the second time around. Not sure. This is my fault too, by the way. I would just like to say is, uh, you know, I, I don't know what's happening in my ears, but I shudder to think what the back half of that interview is going to sound like if it sounds that bad uh, in my ears. But we'll see how it goes, you know? Oh, oh, that music sounds bad. I can't wait to get out of the show so I can go back and listen to the recording immediately. Hey, before we head all the way out, don't forget you should be subscribing to the Smoke Sheet, bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Also... In the first hour, we talked with Meathead, AmazingRibs.com, about resting steak. We also talked about resting big cuts like briskets and why that's different. And, of course, through the second hour here, the guys from Masterbuilt, John and John 2, MacLamore, Masterbuilt.com. Now the music sounds bad. Great. Oh, boy. We got trouble. Uh, We'll see what happens next Tuesday. Big show planned, Stephen Reichlin, Robin Lindars amongst the regulars. Who knows what's going to pile in otherwise. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. social distancing American, Greg Rempe. Good.